Welcome to the Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit, the number one place for inspiration to help you start, run, or grow a winning business. I'm Johnny Quirk, and each week we bring you some amazing guests from a wide variety of businesses, all talking about their journey, motivations, and top tips for entrepreneur success. We deliberately aim to bring you stories, interviews, and real people who are fully deep in the trenches, building their businesses, and sharing actionable insights that you can use for your own entrepreneurial business journey. So whatever you're building, we're excited to be part of that journey with you. If you like what we do, don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, Johnny Quirk, back once again here to support your entrepreneurial journey. Okay, cool. So today I'm delighted to say that we have Bethany Reed Peterson from Atelier Reed and also the host of the Arrive podcast today on the line. Bethany, great to see you here. Great to be here, Johnny. Thank you so much for having me on the Go Solo show. No problem at all. And um, I'm really delighted to have you here today because, you know, I think not only am I looking forward to our chat and I think obviously you'll have an awful lot of stuff to share with other solo entrepreneurs, but, you know, I'm really hoping this can be a great opportunity for me to learn about how we run our own podcast as well. I know you've been running your own one for a couple of years now. Yes, I have. But you know what? It's it's funny. We were just saying before we started recording, there are always things that you're learning, no matter what side of the interview that you are on. And I think you guys are doing great so far. <laughs> Thank you. That, that's a good one. That's a good one. That set me up now for the, for the whole hour, which is great. So just obviously for everybody out there, for our new listeners, for our loyal visitors and listeners, obviously to the podcast and YouTube channel, in your own words, could you describe your business and exactly what it is that you do? Absolutely. Yes. So I founded Atelier Reed in, I want to say it was early 2019. Initially, it was uh, an interior design studio for single men who were transitioning in their life and they wanted to recreate themselves in their bachelor pad, but like they didn't want this sort of stereotypical bachelor pad. And um, fast forward uh, to about 10 months later, I started my own podcast, Arrived. And um, again, it was for for interior design. It was for single guys, et cetera. Um, But the whole business itself transitioned uh, entirely once the pandemic hit. So I did a pandemic pivot and I moved my services entirely to now podcast coaching, podcast consultation, and personal brand messaging uh, for a number of reasons, which we, you know, we can get into further, but um, I really found that in my own journey into podcasting, uh, a, I just think this is such a fun medium. And, uh, I, you know, I realized that it was something that was, uh, much more exciting for me, for me to do. So now what I actually do is I offer consultative services to creative solopreneurs, small businesses, personal brands who are looking to find their voice, not only in podcasting, but really you know, in their brand itself. So, you know, we hear about personal brands a lot. So it's like when we have that voice, when we feel like we know our core messaging and our, that's when our personal brand starts to come out. So that sort of is the long and the very short of what my business at Tellier Reed is all about. Brilliant. And to be quite honest, just for everybody out there, we are going to dig into that later on with some of Bethany's top tips as well. Personal brand, on finding your own voice, and also obviously how to uh, launch, run, and, and grow a podcast as well. Um, so this is what I love about this show is that when I chat with different solo entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, you know, everybody's kind of coming in at things of different angles. They've either got a number of different things going on, or they have one which they're fully laser focused on. Um, in essence, what is the actual kind of product you sell? I mean, is this on individual consultations like you mentioned, or is it retainer? Is it courses? Is it subscription-based? You know, I'm interested to know what that business model is and, and how you make your money as well. Absolutely. I love that question. How do you make your money? <laughs> Sometimes it's easy to forget. You know, uh, I think we're in a good thing with this show is that every, most people who come on this show aren't venture capital-backed or they aren't investor-backed. So they're, they're literally having to make cash every day to survive and grow their business. Yeah, no, it's no. And, and, and I, and I say that because it is such, I really do love that question. It is such an important question for all the reasons that you say, yeah. uh, we don't want to be creating hobby businesses. Yeah. Um, so yes, the way that, uh, I, my business model, what I should say is kind of three pronged. Yeah. Um, of course I have my, my, my freebie, my lead magnet, yeah. uh, which I think your listeners probably know what that is. Um, 
And then the sort of initial offering that I have is a, an eight week podcast and personal brand launch course. Yes. So it's very heavily rooted in how you go from zero to podcast launch without knowing any of, you know, the shop talk on how to yep. create your podcast, but also within that eight weeks, it talks all about, you know, finding your voice as it were, we dig deep into personal brand messaging, etc. So that is completely self-paced self-study. Um, I'll pop into the course on occasion to answer questions, but it's really much more of an independent offering. Yes. And that's for someone who is, you know, maybe not at the point yet where, you know, they have the accessibility to work with me one-to-one. Um, and then where I uh, move up from that model is uh, a strategy day. Uh, it's three sessions uh, in which I'm literally working and con consulting one-to-one -one with my clients, with my students. And it's less about, again, the mechanics of the podcast itself, because all of that is yeah. scalable information that yeah. you can learn once you can take the course, et cetera. But really when I'm working with students um, and my clients one-to-one, -one, it's like, we're working together to workshop yeah. their own messaging. And then they get the course, the, the podcast course with that. Yep. Um, yeah. And then the, and I haven't launched it yet, but you mentioned a retainer model and I'm noticing that's becoming more and more important in consultative services. Yes. So that is something that I need to work out the mechanics on myself, but that should be launching sort of mid 2021. And that is, yes, it's going to be a retainer model whereby someone who's done a consult with me, or they, you know, they buy, let's say a package of consults mm -hmm. really has access to me throughout, yeah. let's say the year, right? Because we all know we have an amazing consultative session or strategy day with someone and then we're left to our own devices. Yeah. So it's really, again, to sort of help those clients um, meet them where they're at. It sounds like you almost have that perfect funnel there then in terms of, you know, like you said, you have your lead gen, you have your top of funnel really, which is attracting your audience. The middle yes. bit is probably the scalable stuff. It's the mm -hmm. you know, less one time only maybe to create courses or content right. maybe not one time only but it's more maintenance and then yes. at the bottom like you said it's more about kind of personal relationships it's about value it's about your time it's actually building that but like you said consultation stuff is kind of coming and you know some kind of retainer model in there as well so right. kind of leads me on to this next question hopefully quite well which is where did the whole passion come from I mean where, where did you see the opportunity to set up this business from Absolutely. Yes. And actually, can I just say one more thing about this, which I think sure. about, about that sort of menu of services or that value ladder, which I think is yeah. so, so important for any business owner out there, but especially solopreneurs, right? The one thing that I would say is about my business model and the, and the services, I should say, that took a lot of time, right? This doesn't happen overnight. Like it took a lot of trial and error to get this right. Yeah. But my core consumer or my core client has the same problem. How do yeah. I create a podcast? How do I find my voice, right? So wherever you're coming in on that sort of the funnel or that value ladder, it's the same. It's not necessarily the same person, but they all have the same problem. And I think that's sometimes where we as small business owners and solopreneurs can, can get it wrong. So it takes a lot of tweaks, but yeah. I think that's really important just to know that you're offering one value. I like what you're saying. It's almost like you have a broad niche in terms of like, you're very focused on actually what it is you're trying to solve and, and what you can offer, but hopefully it's also appealing to the widest possible audience who are in that same boat as well. Yes. Or like they, or, or it's maybe it's still, it is a niche and it isn't a kind of an avatar or a persona, Yeah. but yes, like that problem that you are solving is yeah. is the same and consistent no matter no matter the vehicle let's say by yeah, which yeah. you're working with that client of course, um, of course yeah and then to say and then to to answer your question on on how how did i fall into yeah i mean where did this? it come from yeah where where did you start and just go one day i'm going to do this with my life yeah you know what that came about um that i totally fell into Mm. Um, I had no intention of becoming a podcast coach. Like literally it wasn't even my idea. <laughs> oh, right. Well, the truth a... comes out now, everybody. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't even my idea. Um, I had a, a dear friend who was actually, um, the seventh guest or no, it was episode seven on my show arrived. Um, yep. he came onto my show. We had a great time. Um, he became a loyal listener to the show. He's also an interior designer and 
he approached me, I want to say like January of 2020, right? So none of us yeah. knew this pandemic was even a thing. Yeah. And he said, look, Bethany, I love your podcast. I love your message. Yeah. I love what you're doing. Will you help me launch my podcast and help me find my voice as it, as it were? Yes. And Johnny, I was like, no, I will not do that <laughs> because I didn't yeah. know what I was doing. Right. Like I had just cobbled this thing together from, you know, YouTube videos, mm. like watching Tim Ferriss videos on podcasting. Like I did all the things that I think a lot of solopreneurs do when yep. they're not at a point where maybe they can even afford a course, or maybe they don't even know that courses are out there yet when it comes to these things. Um, and so initially I turned him down yeah. and yeah, kind of for that reason, but also because I did have this sense of imposter syndrome yeah. and really did have that sense of self-doubt of, well, could I teach this to someone? Yes. And, um, you know, of course then, you know, like ever, like all businesses sort of dried up, but especially in interior design for a while. Cause it was like, no one wants anyone in their home. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're in the middle of a pandemic. And so I actually contacted my friend back and I said, Hey, is that offer still on the table? Because yeah. I think I'm ready to work with you now. And really and just, uh, yeah, I don't know, he was ready and waiting though. He was ready and waiting for, for you. Were you able to help him? Yes. Remarkably, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He wasn't just like, I've gone with a big gun here. We've got it all sorted. Episode 15 is out next week. No, yeah, no, no, no. He, um, yeah. Thankfully that's an interesting question. Actually. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Thankfully he was, Cause he was at a point too, where he was reeling because like I mentioned, he was also an interior designer and of course all yeah, of his yeah. business dried up as well. So he was like, yes, let's do this. He's like, I have to iterate the next level of my business. Mm. And I want to do that with a podcast. So it really was serendipitous Johnny in the sense that, yeah, it was like the time that the timing was right. And from that first client and thankfully, you know, he was a friend. And I think sometimes we think like, well, if they're a friend, I can't take their money or yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, like that relationship can feel skewed. Yeah. But thankfully my friend Aaron was very much like, no, I want to pay you and I want to pay you well, because I value yeah. what you've built off of, you know, your blood, sweat and tears. Yeah, yeah, um, and so then thankfully more clients sort of came out of the woodwork initially from my business coaching group who had yeah. been loyal listeners of the show as well. And that point, uh, it's like, I think when I got to about, I don't know, May, June of 2020, yeah. I started thinking, you know what? I really like this. Yeah. I'm really excited by how I can, how I'm actually helping people find their own voice as it were, mm. but seeing that transformation for my yeah. clients in the way that I personally, whilst I love interior design, I was so burned out by it. Yeah, and yeah. this way, I mean, this sort of this one-to-one -one consultation, this course creation business model is a game changer. Well, this is actually the, the next question. This is brilliant. I might not even need to ask any questions here today, but I think <laughs> as well, you're, you're leading on the perfect segue every time. Is you know, obviously interior design has been something which has been a major passion for a long time. Yes. You know, like, wh where do you see that balance? I mean, this seems like an opportunity, let's call it that, that came out mm. of COVID. And, and obviously, mm -hmm. like you said, you're loving what you're doing. Where does that balance come in? Or do you think you've almost transcended that kind of one-to-one -one relationship of that? Will you want to go back into interior design for special projects and the likes and keep this running in the background? You know, how do you see yourself going forward in terms of balancing everything? That's a really good question. Yeah. So for a while, I was thinking I wanted to do both yeah because i realized that and, and and actually in my my business model for interior design for the single guys was actually very similar to the model that i just discussed for you know my own existing business yes. uh you know in that i had the lead magnet that i had the the i was going to create a course and then i had the one-to-one -one. i wasn't actually taking projects from concept to completion anymore yeah um and for a while i had that sort of thing that I was like, oh, I can, I can do both. Right. Mm. But ultimately I found personally, it wasn't my passion, yeah. um, any further. Like I loved working for these amazing luxury design houses in London. It was yeah. an amazing, amazing learning yes. experience. I know. Right. <laughs> like I, yeah. I mean, some of the stories I could tell you, which go beyond the scope of this episode. Right. I mean, it was so fun, <laughs> but to do this on my own, um, I just realized actually I was having a lot more fun yes. working as a podcast coach and I was seeing that transformation. So I actually felt like 
it was muddling my core messaging because I was doing this thing where it was like, oh, I help single men find their voice at home and I help solopreneurs find their voice in their business. And I don't know, maybe it translated in my marketing, but I felt, I felt like the message was kind of muddled personally. And so I actually, after 40 episodes of my own show, wrapped up what I called season one. It was never meant to be a seasonal show, but I was just like, you know what? I want to transition my message here uh, because I no longer want to work in interior design. So why am I promoting this? And um, I I moved the the scope of of the show completely over um, into more this sort of like intellectualized finding your voice versus like spatially um, finding your voice at home, et cetera. Um, and I, and I realized it's because I, I didn't feel like my own story was, uh, being interpreted, let's say, or my own narrative was being interpreted in my own business. I, I, I became, I felt more and more like each episode that I was putting out for the podcast for single guys or each project that I was taking on felt to be more and more like a research project, right? Like I was reading GQ and I was reading Esquire and I was like trying to like read all this, you know, gentleman's literature, et cetera. Right. And I felt like they're like, my voice isn't in any of this. Like, I don't know how to speak to these guys on a level that I know how to speak to someone who's literally been in my position before Mm. where it's like, how do I start a podcast? I don't know what to say, et cetera. So that's a very long-winded answer about no. Uh, not no longer being in the design industry. <laughs> but I think I think it's kind of true, though, in terms of what you're saying. I mean, you know, like it seemed like I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were going maybe through the motions of the other one. You were doing what you felt was maybe the right thing. You wanted yes. to do something on a deeper meaning in terms of, say, season two. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. That's the thing. I, I and it's one of one of the core sort of tenets that I teach my students and my clients is that yes, of course, it's about our following. It's about our audience. It's about our, our clients, right? It's not really about us at the end of the day, you know, to use the, the Donald Miller term, right? Like our customers are the hero and we're just the guide. And at the same time, if we feel like we get to a point where what we're doing is just simply too convoluted or too complicated or doesn't fulfill us, then we're never going to be able to show up for our students, clients, customers, because we have to have an active message. We have to have an active passion and a purpose. And I just felt like my purpose was, was moving further and further away from my initial uh, male audience and moving more towards, or, and I should say in design and moving more towards uh, podcasting and and brand messaging. Uh, And I think what's really strong there is, is that, you know, it's never, too late or too early to start looking about everything that you do you know have an audit of all of the reasons you're putting stuff out there you almost like have a refit I mean how many times have things been rebooted and it's a completely different theme or different vibe or whatever you've got to make sure that you can feel comfortable doing that is that what you'd say Mm, absolutely and you know sometimes I think that um, it's so interesting. I had someone on my show recently who, who calls herself a, a multi-hyphenate creative. Yeah. And um, sometimes I think that we as small business owners, you know, we have a lot of different passions. And sometimes I think we will say to ourselves, well, how do I translate this? Or do I seem uncommitted? Or do I seem like I'm all over the board, right? Yeah. Um, if I'm like, if I'm transitioning from this quote unquote career to another. And actually I think, if there's a way in which we can translate that message from one, let's say industry mm. over into another, it's a lot less confusing for our, our audience yeah. um, than we think, but we sometimes just have to connect the dots ourselves yes. in that respect and not have that sense of self-doubt. And I think in terms of that, you know, a lot of themes coming up, you know, like you said, self-doubt, it's imposter syndrome, you know, yes. literally most solo entrepreneurs find this because I think especially in those early days, months, years, as they're just kicking off, you know, things like uh, confidence in what you're doing. Are you doing the right thing? You're reading about it in books, researching on YouTube, but are you still making progress? Are you making enough money to pay the bills? Are you feeling like you're going somewhere? But it seems obviously like that work compounds itself to, to show the way forward. And it, it kind of leads me on to this, this, this final question really of, of, of part one, which I always ask, you know, like, do you think you could ever go back to a salaried position now in terms of now you've had a taste of entrepreneurship, you know, 
are you a, a hired gun potentially if, if just one big gig comes along? I'm interested to know where, you know, like like have now you've had a taste of entrepreneurship, whether this this is it now forever. Oh man. <laughs> and I don't have a blank checkbook here as well. I don't say like uh, Louis Vuitton here, we're gonna <laughs> You know, it's, you know, I, I've, I've been a salaried employee um, and I never liked it. You know, here's the, th- I mean, here's the other thing, right? I mean, it's sometimes I think the situation really just depends on where you're at yeah, and your personal circumstance. Um, I've always felt like I have been terminally unemployable if I am totally honest. <laughs> It's true. I think a lot of creative people are, you know, I'm the same. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but I mean, there is something that is amazing about knowing you're in something together with a team for sure. Especially if you're a solopreneur, right? Like that's something I miss um, is, is having that sort of, you know, collaborative back and forth every single day. And would I ever go back? You know, I think, man, I think the role would just have to be so right. Right. Like I would have to be like literally a gun for hire in a company that I really believed in Hmm. leading, let's say their like podcast marketing division. Right. Like it would have to be something that completely aligned with my goals. And I would have to have a lot of creative freedom. And I think it's like the more creative freedom we want, the more we realize that we want to go it alone, not alone, but like, we want to, we want to be enterprising and we want to have our own businesses. We do. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, once you get the taste, it's yeah. like, I don't know. Can you go back? <laughs> I, you know, I, I always ask this question. It's always interesting for people. I think, you know, like I said, some people are so laser focused on what they're doing. It's just like, look, I might not be making any money, but I'm so focused on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I know there's an end result, which is great. Or some people are quite flexible and fluid. You know, they're saying, well, you know, I can do 20 hours a week on this or 25 hours a week on this, but it still leaves 10 or 15 hours to do some side hustle work. Or I could potentially, you know, take a, a freelance gig that's well paid for three, three to six months. And that's going to turbocharge my own business forward because I can do that sort of stuff at night. So I don't think there's any one size fits all rule for everybody. But I like what you were saying, really. It's about life situation and kind of where you are at that stage as well. Absolutely. And, you know, actually that's a, I mean, you make such a good point, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be this all or nothing. You don't have to be, let's say full-time salaried, you know, yeah. W2 as we, as we call them here in the U S um, or be a hundred percent, you know, on your own, doing your own thing an LLC or a limited company, whatever yeah. you can, you can do both. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like you're saying, you can work for another company, another organization, 10, 20 hours a week, uh, and, and maybe you're a part-time employee and then, you know, they're giving you that flexibility, thankfully yeah. to go and do your own thing. Yeah. Um, having what Marie Forleo calls, um, what she calls a, a bridge job, right? So when you're first starting out as an entrepreneur and like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, like revenue and income sometimes isn't always there. Yeah. So actually having these bridge jobs, whether it's consulting for another, let's say studio or, maybe it's working at a restaurant as I was doing actually for a while when I first started out just to get my podcast editing uh, services covered. Right. It's like, there is no one size fits all. And I think another important point to make, you know, there is that we don't have to go from like zero to amazing revenue overnight. It probably won't happen. And to have more of a hybrid model, of your employment or like your, how you're making your money, right. Is, is no bad thing. And it's yeah. no failure. I mean, we're all looking for sustainable lifestyle as well. It's, you know, unless like you said, unless 5 million or 1 million or 500,000 or whatever is going to land on your doorstep every month right. or something. It's about building a lifestyle at the end of the day. Why do we do it? Obviously we do our work because we enjoy it, but it's also going to be something which fits in with, with how we want to live our lives. And obviously we all have different reasons about why we're here and what, what we're trying to do as well. You don't want to get me off on some philosophical stuff here, Bethany as well. Uh, you know, I don't want to be doing right one of my opinion blogs here as well. Right. Well, this is a perfect opportunity because this is the section in our go solo show where we ask our uh, solopreneurs who come on this show to, to share some of their top tips, you know, some actual genuine insightful stuff that, you know, some of our listeners can use, uh, for their own businesses. So personal brand is such a strong thing. And I'm just wondering if you could give a few tips and a bit of advice really about how somebody can 
Well, first off, maybe what personal brand means to you, but also some tips on how somebody can develop that. Um, and obviously their reputation, I guess, which is all kind of bundled up in that. Yes. You know, I think the term personal brand is very scary for a lot of entrepreneurs starting out because when we think about personal brands, you know, we think about Richard Branson or we think of like, uh, yeah, oh God, what is her, like uh, Kanye West's wife or now ex-wife, uh, Kim, Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is laughing <laughs> at me. Like, how do you not yet. know Kim Kardashian? Yesterday's news, yesterday's news. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's like, we think about these sort of like A-list personal brands, right? And mm. we think that like, that's mega. Like, how could I be this personal brand? When really a personal brand, in my estimation, is, is simply about taking a stand, realizing what you believe in, what your purpose is, how you want to help transform your yeah. customers, consumers, clients, students, et cetera, and then going for it, right? And not feeling afraid to speak your mind in the service of others. So it's this combination of getting really clear on what you stand for, what yeah. your life's philosophy is, uh, and then taking your message and spreading it far and wide. Because, you know, the thing is, is like, I'm a podcast coach, but there's like a million podcast coaches out there, right? But what I'm doing is a little bit different to the podcast coach, let's say next door, right? Yeah. And so we don't need to worry so much about comparing ourselves or thinking like, well, I won't be the level of this personal brand of like, I don't know, Mel Robbins, right? Like she's one yeah. of my absolute heroes. Um, we just need to, to show up, you know, really hone in on what, is our core messaging, what we believe in, and then use that to start helping people. Wow. This is, I, I can see this is already going to be, you know, some of the, the, the headline for our blog that we, that we make out of this podcast as well, but that's amazing advice. And, and again, so well delivered, which again, kind of leads me now onto, onto this next thing. And I, and I'd be honest with you, Bethany, I grabbed this directly from your website. So, uh, you know, th this is on you here. So, <laughs> Explain to me. So you say you're going to help me find my voice, tell my story and create space for what matters. Tell me what that is. And, you know, obviously how that, you know, like, like, how, like if I was interested, how I could do that. Yes. Yes. So it, it really goes back to. So when, when I say finding your voice, you no know, part of that is really just figuring out where to find that courage to be outspoken, right? Mm -hmm. And to, to, to feel like you can really step up to the mic, whether it is a podcast, whether it's a blog, whether it's, you know, social media, microblogs, IGTV series, whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and really just learning and realizing that you have a voice, it deserves to be heard. Mm -hmm. And part of that voice is in telling your story. Uh, again, I'm, you know, I mentioned that I got to the point with uh, the, 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 the niche of single men where I was like, this is a research project. Like, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't feel like my story is relevant to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when I then realized like, okay, I got to tell my story. Like, that's exactly what I mean there. And then telling your story in such a way that again, it's helping, helping your listenership or it's helping your target market. Yeah. And I think there's a way to do that in which we can, we can, uh, talk about ourselves, but make it about and in service to our audience. Yeah. And when I say create space for what matters, I guess that's a little bit of a hangover from the interior design days, but yeah. creating space can, can really be uh, much more, let's say metaphorical or abstract. Yes. Right. So thinking instead about like, well, I have to do all these social media posts, or I just, I have to put out podcast episode after podcast episode, week on week and week, it's like, well, creates like, how do you go back and do a 40,000 foot view on what yeah. is right for you and your business? Like that's how you create space. And sometimes creating space can even be doing nothing, right? Like yeah. I had this amazing podcast guest, Andrew Smart on the show, who wrote this amazing book on like how your brain sometimes like needs to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like creating space can be used in so many different respects. So that's, those are the sort of like the three tenants that I like to work with, whether it's yeah. my students or my clients, um, rather than something that's more rote and formulaic. Yeah. And it's I think so actually, individual. Oh, massively. And I actually, but I think 
picking up on the word metaphor there, I think that is so strong as well, because in terms of finding their voice, you know, it's so important, especially if you're a solopreneur or a small business owner, you know, people buy from people. So it's very, very important that somebody's able to get their message across easily. Like you said, whether that's on a podcast format, Instagram TV, whatever, it has to be something where people come across as natural and believable and, and trustworthy if you're going to part with your paycheck to, to buy something from them. You know, I think obviously the story is so important as well. You know, we're working with a number of people at Subkit here, you know, to obviously help launch their brands and businesses. I know we're a, we're a people-led business. You know, we're working with a guy who's from Paris, who's running a wine club. Oh, his story. Ah, excellent. I'm matching my t-shirt here, everybody. You know, you might have to see it if you listen to the podcast, but a cat has just joined and I'm wearing a cat t-shirt. Oh, that's a good bit of blend there. Um, but in terms of that, you know, like the, the Parisian guy working with his lunch, his wine club, you know, there is an amazing story. You know, a you know, guy who retrained, got a lot of knowledge of wine, wants to share this with the world. You know, so I think that's, a, and again, a, a believable buy-in mm-hmm. story as well. Uh, yes. And creating space is so important as well. You know, I think... We're chatting with a guy recently and we were talking about social media channels and he's saying, I want to be across all of them or I don't want to be on some of them or whatever. And again, like you said, it's so important just to make sure that I guess you're doubling down on areas which will have an impact for you, but then you've got enough space not to worry about all the other ones, you know, maybe do your research and then keep space in your diary each week. So as you can breathe and, and think about strategy as well. Absolutely. Yes, we, we sometimes, and I think as, as solopreneurs, and we get all this amazing advice about, you know, you can show up here and on this platform and on this platform and whatever. And it's like, that's wonderful. But the last time I checked, like, I am not an octopus. I have like two arms. I can only <laughs> do so much at once. And so yeah. it's about really figuring out what works for yeah. you. Yeah. And, and, I, and like figuring out what's important for you, what yeah. that message is, because- I'm- yeah. And I guess it could be a vicious circle as well, because, you know, if you try to spread yourself too thinly, if you have to hire more people to cover those bases, then you're going to be spending yes. the money you earn on there, where actually, if you were just very laser focused and streamlined on doing your own enterprise, you know, like an agile way, then obviously mm-hmm. it's a sustainable business you can grow as and when you need to take on employees, you can do that. But there's no fat on it, if you will do. You, know, you can be quite lean in terms of running your business, doing the core things which are going to generate you know, income. Number one thing, solopreneurs out there, very, very important as we talked off of this before. But, you know, mm. it's so important. And podcasting is so hot right now. I mean, it's been hot for many years. You mentioned Tim Ferriss, been a big fan for years reading his books. But again, his, his podcast has been going on, going on for many years now. You know, if I was thinking a podcast was right for my business, and I'm putting myself here as a solopreneur who's just thinking it's a great avenue, what advice would you give to them before they embarked on launching a podcast? You know, what sort of prep uh, preparation work do you think they should do first? Absolutely. Great question. There's so much prep work, but actually sometimes I think that we can overcomplicate things. Yeah. Not just that, I mean, you know, right. Putting out a podcast can be a lot of work, right? Yeah. Um, but I think one of the things that I would say right off the bat is don't try to be a Tim Ferriss, <laughs> right? I mean, he's got a team of people behind him and has for many, many years. Yeah. I think what I one of the, the, the biggest questions that I, I receive from students is, oh man, if I have a podcast, now I need to be doing this weekly for the rest of my life. And it's like, yeah. no, you don't, you don't have to. There are so many different ways in which you can have a podcast. You can yeah. do it weekly if that's your jam. You can do it seasonally and take some time off. You can even do a limited series yeah. uh, that's like five episodes or it's 10 episodes and that's it. And then you dip your toe in the water. So when we talk about, you know, again, like having all these different marketing aspects and you're right, podcasts, podcasting is huge for marketing right now. The first thing I would say to someone is don't feel like it needs to be something that you're going to be married to for the next 30 years. You can see if it's right for you. And then, you know, aside from that, that I'd say the, the, honestly, Johnny, the biggest piece of advice that I would say is make sure your content is damn good. Because if you really focus on a, your listenership, Um, And like really know what is keeping them up at night. What are the burning questions that they have? Mm. How do I know my core audience inside and out and then create content 
for them. That is literally getting between their ears, speaking yeah. to them. That is going to build your show. And that is going to build the no like, and trust factor yep. for them to want to then move to the next stage in that funnel, as it were, which is to say, Hey, I really want to work with this person because they get me. Yeah. Real life persona work in play before you actually kind of launch it as well. Yes. Um, and yes. like you said, you know, I guess, you know, having quality, having a reason for doing it, having, you know, actionable, you know, again, you know, we don't hold ourselves in a, you know, mega high regard here and say, this is, uh, you know, like, like, you know, pure gold. I'm hoping there's lots of gold in this show, but, you know, we try and make it, you know, worthwhile. This is why we, we ask entrepreneurs who are, who are in the trenches, doing it themselves you know we don't want to just make this a make make this a, a call and an interview about theory you know we actually mm-hmm. want to hear about people who are actually doing stuff in their business as well and yes i guess you know how would you track value as well of the podcast i mean obviously you said it's a great way to market your business um but how do you track that kind of value and how do you get the most return out of a podcast if you put it out there Yes. So the other thing I would say there too is uh, have, I would say manage your expectations on Mm. a podcast. Um, If you're doing, let's say a weekly, or if it's something that you are quite committed to, if it's the medium for you and you know that manage your expectations. Um, Because I remember getting something like 18 episodes in and going to saying to my business coach, why don't I have all these, you know, single guys knocking down my door yet to work with me on their design studio or on their, on their, on their homes. And, um, my, my, my business coach, who's, you know, podcaster herself was like, yeah, cause that's not how it works. Like mm-hmm. you're building a body of content and it's a long game. Yeah. And I know that's not the sexiest answer, but it's but true it, though. It is true. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not completely worthwhile. Yeah. And I would say in terms of gauging a sense of, of value or like, how are you, like, how can you gauge your return is what I think you're asking me. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And also maybe the distribution, you know, like how, how would you get it out to market to actually, you said gauge return, Mm -hmm. but also probably get out there to as most amount of people as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what's so nice about, you know, from on the more of the technical side of that uh, question, what's really nice now is that, um, we can work uh, with podcast distribution platforms, hosting sites. I use the term interchangeably, yeah. you know, like anchor is owned by Spotify. There's a big one called Libsyn. Acast. I know is huge yeah. in the UK and across Europe. Um, thankfully they do a lot of that work for us and they'll distribute yeah. our podcast. We upload it once to mm. their server and they distribute it for us across, you know, 10 plus platforms. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you can manually distribute yourself. It doesn't take as much time as we might think, but so, I mean, yeah, like that's one way to really get, your pod and your message out there in a way that isn't as, um, I suppose, onerous as we might think it would be. And then one of the great ways that you can actually um, gauge a return on your investment, let's say with a podcast or, or use your podcast a little bit more like a lead magnet, because, you know, of course we know that you don't have to enter in your personal information, your email to listen to podcasts, which is that free content. Yeah, exactly. But one of the great things that um, someone out there who is thinking about starting a pod could do is to um, put, let's say in, let's say you have um, an episode on, uh, I don't know, we'll use like work from home spaces, right? So we'll just go back to design yep. for a second. Like you could do an episode on, or if I did an episode on, you know, 10, 10 ways in which you can work from home and still be productive, right? Yep. You could then say, hey, and if you want to download my free guide to this, go here and you just, you can, you can run it like a small lead magnet. And then you can really track the metrics of who is coming and taking that action and getting on your list, your email list based upon your podcast as well. Okay, cool. Because I think this is something which obviously the, the delivery of it is, is so important, really. It's like, how can you get it to the widest possible audience? Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously you can put it up on you know, on, on the different services, obviously we do this ourselves, but it's also trying to get that in front of people as well. You know, like it's, uh, this is why we have the YouTube channel. This is why we yes. share on our social channels as well. I guess what I like about podcasts as well is that, you know, if you're starting to make inroads by episode 30, 40, 50, mm-hmm. people will still go back and listen to episodes one, two, and three. So the work you're putting in is almost like evergreen that will, people will catch up yes. to your earlier episodes, even if it was a low, uh, you know, a low listing figure early on as well. 
Absolutely. No, that, that, that makes such, such complete sense. You're right. You hit the nail on the head. It's evergreen content. And, you know, assuming your content is that you're putting out there, you know, isn't about, let's say politics or current events. You're right. It, that content can, can be in someone's ears five years from now, and it can have just as much value and meaning and, and, and yeah, just the high value for them. And, you know, it's, it's so funny. I mean, it's like, I actually buy so many services from first listening to podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I'll list, I'll like binge maybe three, four episodes. And then by that time, it's like how I found my dog trainer, how I found a lot of different things. Right. Yeah. And so we do know it is a model that works, but yes, you're right there. It is not something that it's a one and done. You yeah. do have to be committed to at least a few episodes. Right. Yeah. Um, but yes, it is, it is amazing. And then the other thing too, I would say is sometimes our monetization, right. Uh, doesn't come in the way in which we think it's going to. So, I started the pod thinking that I would get more uh, interior design clients from it, but actually the monetization from my pod has come from now me being a podcast coach. So it's like putting that out there in the world and expecting that and having that expectation of one result isn't always the way it works, but it can come totally full circle and benefit you in another way that you didn't even anticipate. Yeah. And I think as well, you know, like our mutual friend, Richard as well from 11 content, you know, I remember talking yes. with him about, you know, uh, source content as well. And, and I guess a podcast is as, as a source content as it comes, you know, you can pick out tips, you can pick out advice, you can turn it into a blog like we do, you know, like mm-hmm. a quote, social video, you know, there's all sorts of things that can come from that. And like you said, uh, you know, unless you're putting yourself out there and actually doing it, then, then who knows where it's going to go. But I guess it's when you stop doing innovative things as a business, not right. putting yourself out there. That's when you've got to worry about where the next customers are going to come from as well. Yes, exactly. I remember Richard saying in that episode, um, he said, I think he used the word like you sweat the episode, which I was like, oh, that is such brilliant phraseology. Because <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like you talked about, you know, all the different ways that you can repurpose that content, just yeah. like you're saying. And yeah, go back. Was it episode seven? I don't know. I don't remember what episode it was. Wow, it was we amazing. have a fan here, people. It's yeah. just like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, guys, go back and listen to episode seven with Richard Lucas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, Richard's a smart guy. He's, he's got a hell of a lot of good tips for, for marketing content. But um, but you're right. I mean, that's it. You, you do want to sweat it. You know, a bit like what you just said, you know, you, you know, what people see right now is an hour long YouTube video or, or podcast that we put on. But actually, you know, there's the preparation that goes into it. There's the um, editing afterwards, you know, there's actually making sure, you know, that we're uploading it, making sure that work's done, but then also turning it into different assets as well. You know, one hour of, of content might turn into 10 or 15 hours of preparation and, and post care work as well. But, you know, you may as well put the effort in. There's no point in just sticking it on YouTube and hoping for the best as well. Right. That's a really good point. That's such a good point. A, a lot of the, a lot of the times I think, Again, yeah, it's like we think, well, we've done it. We've launched the pod. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that is, you've just got to the starting line. <laughs> I hate <laughs> to say it. I hate to say it. I had to learn that one the hard way. Yeah. But you know, it's yeah. all about exactly what you're saying, where you're not only distri- different, distributing it to different channels, but like how you are making that asset work hard for you. Um, but what's so beautiful about podcasting and these conversations is it's so organic. Yeah. And you're right. Like you can, this, you can, you can take so much of any of your podcast episodes that probably come quite naturally to someone who wants to be a podcaster. Right. And yeah, yeah. and you can repurpose that content. So I think that's a genius reminder. Brilliant. And to be quite honest, it's true. I will be doing that when I'm doing my usual Friday morning editing. Honestly, it's one of the highlights of my week. You know, I have a, a pot of coffee, I have some good music on. And that's when I start getting into some of the editing as well, which is quite nice. It's, it's quite uh, cathartic to sit down and have that time to do it. You know, I, I quite like these kind of tasks as well. Mm-hmm. Right. We're moving on to our rapid fire round. And uh, obviously being a listener to the show yourself already, you can know this can be as rapid as you want, or you can add a little bit of flavor to each question that I ask. So, so please do. Let me put you on the spot, Bethany. Um, who are your favorite entrepreneurs in life and why? Yeah, I love that question. So you've heard me say a few different times now, I didn't find what I was doing fun anymore. Mm-hmm. I felt burned out by it. And I think one of the the, the biggest, uh, or, or sort of like the, the biggest role models, I suppose for me from very much afar, uh, that's helped with that philosophy on my end is Richard Branson. And one of the things that I know it's such a cliche thing to say, right? Yeah, yeah. But Richard Branson has 
had such a wonderful mindset insofar as saying, Hey, you know what, if what I'm doing is no longer fun, if it's not serving me move on and go somewhere else. Right. And that's not to say that the second it gets difficult and it's not fun that day that you should move on. Yeah. But I love Richard Branson because he's just like, screw it. If it's not fun anymore, go do yeah. something else. All the books yeah. are on the shelf. And it's it's true, you know, like he is that. And, and I like the fact he's always gone after really interesting things. Sometimes they work out really well, you know, the, the record company or the airlines. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't like the cola he introduced or, you know, Virgin Brides and things like this. They just don't quite hit. But, you know, he, he tries new things. He puts them to market. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't test it out or experiment, you're never going to do anything. You know, it's just, it just exists on a piece of paper. So we don't have yeah. Richard Brunson yet. And, and we are compiling a list of all of our guests, favorite entrepreneurs and stuff. So I'm delighted we have somebody new for that as well. Um, <laughs> who's your most inspiring person in life? Ooh. I'm going to go back and say Mel Robbins here. Okay. Simply because, well, A, sh- I mean, I've, we could do a whole episode on Mel Robbins, I swear. <laughs> Mel Robbins, because she has been so incredibly outspoken and unapologetic, yeah. uh, not only about her own mental health struggles, but in the ways in which she took that and used that as a catalyst to build her own personal brand and to help millions of people. Yeah. And the other thing I love about Mel Robbins and is so inspiring to me about her is the fact that she is... I mean, I don't know how old she is exactly, right? But I mean, she had a number of different careers before she became the Mel Robbins, right? And yeah, yeah. created the five second rule. Um, but she's, I think sometimes again, we think like, oh, it's too late for me to start this, right? And I I can probably say that Mel Robbins was firmly in her 40s yeah. before she even got to this point where she was writing the five second rule. So it's like, she's yeah. such a wonderful reminder and inspiration that yeah. you don't have to be 21 and, and yeah. like, feel like, Oh, I'm hit. I've hit whatever age, like I I'm done for now. Right. Yeah. Like she's amazing for that. that. That's that's really great. And like you said, yeah, you know, it's never too late to start it really. How many people do you meet who actually have got it? life experience? You build on that. Then you can take it. You know, we all wish we had the million dollar idea at like 18, 21, whatever, but you know, we, we all click in at some point, you know, that's a natural fit as well. Um, if you let's put this from the prism of the solo entrepreneurs listening to this, the person who's maybe looking to start, run, or grow a business, are there any kind of business books or online resources or books that would inspire that you would recommend? You know, a couple for our solopreneur bookshelf, say. Absolutely. Uh, two come to mind immediately. The first one I want to say is Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Okay. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Mike, I think it's Michalowicz. Yeah. Um, that book is a absolutely must read for any, uh, any small business owner, but any solopreneur, especially. And, um, you know, without giving too much away here, I mean, what his, his main message is like, you have to set aside money for your profit and you have to set aside money to pay yourself. Yeah. And then once you've taken out those two factors, that's when you start factoring in how much you're going to calculate for your operating expenses, yeah. not the other way around. You don't pay yourself last, you pay yourself first. And I think that's a huge trap that solopreneurs can fall into is like, we just bleed our capital into our own business or like we're using savings and it's like, yeah, we burn out and our business dies. So that Mike McCallowitz, so profit first. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, so many people I, I meet and they forget to pay themselves first. And, you know, why are they doing it then? It's just a constant, like, oh, I'll pay myself one day down the line. You've right. got to get some balance. Even if you're only paying yourself a small wage to survive, it's, right. it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's the principle of it, I think, yeah. if nothing else, right? And the other last one that I'll say, and this is more um, personal finance, but I think it's amazing if you're a business owner, yeah. is Ramit Sethi's book, and it's spelled S-E-T-H-I. Yeah. Uh, I think it's called, I will teach you to be rich. Okay. Um, again. And what I love about that is it's not just a book up about personal finance. It's a whole philosophy about living a quote unquote rich life. Yeah. And that means something different to everyone. So there's a little bit, it's a little bit more phil- philosophical take yeah, yeah. on personal finance. So those are the two that I would recommend. I love this. This is episode 11. I think we're recording today and uh, you know, two brand new books for our library as well, which is great. So very, very happy about that as well. Um, if there was one thing that you could do over and over again in your business to make it grow, what would be that one thing do you think you could kind of nail down? You know, like if you're only allowed to do one thing to make it grow, what would you do? 
That's a, that's a really tough question. Uh, if there's one thing that I could do over and over yeah. to make it grow. So I'll tell you what I love doing uh, within my own business. I love reaching out to people via personal video. There's a really great little uh, piece of software called Loom and you can embed it in your- uh, Yeah, we use Loom ourselves, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, it's not the most scalable model, but again, it's, it kind of depends on what your what your offer is. But if like if you're doing you know higher end consulting, one to one consulting, yeah, I yeah. think it's really great. I love reaching out to prospects with a personal video, and they know that like I'm saying their name, like I'm talking about them. Uh, yeah. It's a way in which we can remind our uh, potential clients, prospects, leads that we are really thinking about them. Yeah, um, and I've had great luck with it. It's not, it's not super scalable. Um, but you know, for me, it's like, I'd much rather do that than be writing a social media post. I love that. Oh no, I love that. I mean, but like you said, it's not like, okay, if you were selling McDonald's hamburgers at 99 cents, it wouldn't make sense for you to send personal videos, you know, unless people were buying bulk, but if it's high end clients who actually are going to end up being the whales, if you will do the people who are going to pay the big bucks, Perfect. You know, even if you do 10, 15, 20 personal ones, you get one or two. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I love that tip. That's great. We haven't had anything like that come up. So very, very happy with that. Um, what keeps you motivated on a daily basis? Yeah, what, that's your motivation. The, yeah, the, it's so, yeah. So one thing I will say is like solopreneur confessions. It's so easy to become a motivated Especially when you like when you're going it alone, right? Especially in the pandemic era, when it's like we're probably most of us probably aren't even in co-working spaces right now. Uh, the one thing that really keeps me motivated is knowing that if I show up, mm. if I allow my voice to be heard, um, whether it's through a podcast, whether it's being a guest on someone else's pod, yeah. um, that's going to help people. Um, if I get my message, right, that's going to help others. And so when I have days where I feel a bit stinky about my own business, because let's be honest, (laughs) we all do. And some days you're like, why am I doing this? I have to take the flashlight off myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And go, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about helping people out there. And when I think about the, the ways in which I am able to help people because I've put my voice out there and, and yeah. then allowing them, it's this like beautiful, positive circle of energy, right? Cause it's like, yeah. if I put my voice out there, I can hopefully inspire others to do the same. And it, yeah. and it goes on and on and on. And that's what keeps me going and keeps me showing up. And that's great because, you know, again, it's not just monetary, you know, like always has to be a much deeper reason for doing this. And, you know, I guess everything you do, it makes an impact in the world. You know, like you and you help five, 10, 15, 20 new podcasts get off the ground and launch and do new things. You know, there's a lot going out there. And like you said, if you don't turn up and give your best side to that, then these people might not again, develop into someone who's their best themselves as well. Right. Um, as an entrepreneur, what does success ultimately mean to you? Yes, that's really good. Success I have found, it's kind of like we were saying, you know, it's not ultimately about the money. You know, hopefully, you know, you get to a point in your business where you're like, this is amazing. I am making money <laughs> yeah, hand yeah. over fist. Uh, but it has to be, I think, I, I, what I would say is it's, defining what it means for me to live every day and being able to set my own rules, being able to set my agenda, my schedule, um, and, and really, I suppose, living in harmony with sort of the, the way in which like I want to naturally work the way that my body wants to work, etc. I get to set the rules on that, um, which is ultimately terrifying on a level because you can also then not show up for yourself. Um, in a, a lot of ways, but what I think is what I define is as successful or my business being a success is yes. Knowing that I am the one that is ultimately the commander of my own ship yeah. and I'm the one that can like make this puppy cruise, or I'm the one that can, uh, never set it sail from the dock, <laughs> but it's all up to me. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and that's it, you know, freedom uh, and the metaphors as well. Very, very cool. Um, for those people going out there and thinking about taking the plunge to start something, 
you know, like, like ultimately, you know, what advice do you think you would give to them? About just getting into starting a business? Just starting any business. Yeah. You know, like if they're just sitting on the fence thinking, oh, I really want to do it. You know, like what advice would you give them, you know, in just in terms of, is it going to be the traditional, like just go for it? Or is it going to be the, you need to learn from yeah. this? Or like, like what's your, what would your thoughts be? I would say before you invest a dime into anything, go out and validate your idea. Yeah. And I know it's like the oldest lesson in the book. Right. But you, I mean, I think listen, your listeners now know that like, I didn't probably validate my idea enough with working with the single guys and I did have clients and stuff, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like that true thing that people really wanted. So, um, if you are thinking about starting a business, go out, pound the pavement, so to speak, Yeah. speak to a hundred people in your target market. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. one, figure out who you want to help. Really think about that person. Think about that avatar and then go out and start targeting those people mm. and saying, Hey, I have this cool idea. What do you think? Yeah. Um, or start a beta group, right? Like, and it doesn't have to be crazy intensive, right? Cause you're giving free value, but all these are different ways in which you can validate your idea before you commit too much time, uh, invest, invest too much capital, and then get down to a point where you're like, Oh wait, this business isn't working. Why is that? So that would be my advice. Validate your idea. Yeah. And that's great because, you know, it's a nice counterbalance because some people say that some people just like, just go for it. It'll figure itself out. So Mm. this is good advice, you know, but again, you know, validating is so, but almost like do that due diligence before you commit to actually going into it. Because like you said, you know, every dime that's wasted, before you've kind of got to a point you can kind of pre-qualify some of this work obviously before it before you obviously put it to market um yeah say i bump into you in the street in a few years time hopefully i'll see you before that it's uh but me too you know what what you know what's the dream outcome you know like where, where do you see your business in a few years time you know if i see you and i say how's the business going where do you want to be i would love to be at a point where i am holding supper clubs and retreats mm. for uh, solopreneurs, small businesses who are really, again, looking to hone, to start their messaging, to hone their personal brand yeah. uh, and, and effectively get out, get out of their own way, get, a, get away from that sense of imposter syndrome and to, and to start. So that I think is, yes, the ultimate goal because I love connecting people yeah. and I love sitting around a dinner table and, and, you know, just having great conversations and, and that kind of like casual organic networking that happens from that, but we can't really do that right now. Um, so that is where I would love to be. And then, yeah, I mean, if, uh, if I could, uh, get paid effectively to like fly myself and a number of clients to the Caymans for like a week. And we have this, we say this really amazing resort and we do this amazing workshopping on personal branding and messaging. Like that would be, that would be clutch. Sign me up. I'm joining (laughs) you. I'm there. You know, let me get on Skyscanner and look for uh, Cayman Islands later on. So we'll meet halfway. Yeah. Amazing. Well, so much great advice there, Bethany. Like, you know, I'm absolutely delighted to, to have you on the show today. I mean, not only have you got a great story, especially coming out of COVID as well. Obviously, there's been so many actionable tips. I really like a lot of this rapid fire and answers you've given. So much advice we're going to be able to share with solopreneurs all over the world and people who are thinking of starting that business. Can you just remind everybody, like, you know, where they could find you online? You know, where do you want to point people towards where you live? Absolutely. Yes. So you can find me at atelierreed.com and I'll spell that out because I know it's it's half (laughs) French, half German, which, oh yeah, here's another tip, right? Like maybe when you're creating a business name, create a business name that people can actually pronounce and aren't (laughs) like what? Um, So that's A-T-E-L-I-E-R-W-R-E-D-E.com. And my course, you can find also at courses.atelierreed.com. And then I'm on Instagram at Atelier Reed and I'm on Clubhouse at Bethany Reed. Brilliant. That's amazing. And we will link to this obviously on our YouTube channel and also on our um, blog that we'll make from this as well, which is really, really cool. So that just makes me say thank you, Bethany, for joining us today from Atelier Reed and obviously the Arrive podcast. Uh, We've really enjoyed having you on the Go Solo show today. So many great tips to share with the world and uh, obviously good luck for the future as well. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Johnny, for having me on the show today. It's been a real treat to get to chat with you today.
Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Bethany. Have a great day. Take care. And you. Thank See you. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit. We hope you've had a great time and picked up many new ideas for your own business. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at team underscore go solo. If you're inspired to get started on your own enterprise yourself, then check us out at subkit.com. We're here for whenever you're ready. I've been Johnny Quirk, and until next time, keep winning.